Praise the name of the Lord. We give praise and glory to the Almighty God for first our salvation and for the grace to be alive on earth. We give glory to the Almighty God for the blessing of being a part of this family, um, this family of the kingdom that will not pass away. And I pray that you and I will indeed reign with our God forever and ever in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I want somebody to shout hallelujah. God has been so good to us. If we take time to think about God's blessings, we will continuously keep honoring him, keep giving him praise, and keep giving him glory. Events of the last number of days or weeks will bring the reality to all of us who have traveled um, in the air for so long. Like, even before the crash, I said, look, anybody who travels, okay, Jews version is, once you are told to fasten your seatbelt and you lock the door, <laughs> you're, you're over. I believe each time we fly, to be honest with you, your life has gone. When you land safely, God has not given back your life to you. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just wondering what would have been going on. Would somebody be taking lunch in the plane? Would somebody be in the ladies? Would somebody be talking or something? And all of a sudden, everything just went like that. But we thank God. We thank God. Because if for those of us who are in faith, if that happens, then it's a call to glory. So that also gives us some comfort. But I believe God is worthy to be exalted and to be magnified. And so please, as we have come here to worship God, I want us to, if you don't mind, that we all kneel down before God and worship Him again. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the
nations of the earth, the God of all flesh, the God of all time, the God of our salvation, we bow our lives before you. We worship you. We honor you. We adore you. We declare that we are humans, Father, but you, you are God. We are mortals, but you are immortal. We are visible, but you are invisible. We are weak, but you are strong. There is no one that compares with you. Father, we worship you. And Lord, we glorify you for our salvation. And we thank you that, Lord, today we are counted in the land of the living. Thank you for every blessing in the spiritual, in the physical, in the marital, in the emotional, in the financial. Father, we are so grateful to you. Lord, you are the reason why we are alive. That's the reason why we have been kept. A lot of all the glory will return unto you, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you have been doing in the last, in the past times. And thank you because you never fail. As we gather in your presence, we thank you for what you have done already. Thank you for the reason to praise you. Thank you that you are there to answer prayers. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And we pray, Father, that Lord, by your word and the power in your word, Lord, touch our lives. Father, change us, transform us, improve us, envision us, lift us up, transform us to conform to the image of your Son, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray let our hearts be like the good soil, to receive your word, and Lord, that there shall be fruits therein, that your name be glorified, and your people shall rejoice. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful to God to be here today, and I'd like to also thank so much uh, dear brother, uh, the pastor, who um, has given the opportunity for me to be here today. The Lord bless you, and the Lord will lift you up higher and higher in Jesus' name. For all of us who serve the Almighty God, we shall not be put to shame in Jesus' name. God will keep lifting us higher and higher. We shall have testimonies upon testimonies. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Today we're going to be considering uh, what can be titled Wisdom for Asking. Wisdom for Asking. Wisdom, simply, ability to act correctly based on knowledge. Some people have said the, uh, the right application of knowledge, the same thing. But 
the ability to act correctly. Whether what you need to do is to speak or to refrain from speaking or to act or to refrain from acting or to invest or to pray or whatever you have to do. Wisdom is the ability to act correctly based on what you know. People who are in the stock market, they do all their things based on how much knowledge they try to deduce. And if you are aware what's going to happen to the stock, what you do or not do is what determines whether you have wisdom or you do not. What is asking is a form of communicating in order to obtain an answer. Again, it's a form of communicating. It could be verbal. It could also be by sign or by beckoning. But it is the form of communicating in order to obtain an answer. When we go to our text that was read to us, a part of it was read to us today. In 1 Kings chapter 3. So shall we please open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to consider from verse 3 to verse 13. 1 Kings chapter 3, from verse 3 to 13. The Bible tells us about the story of Solomon. And it says that Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord, and he walked in the statues of his father, of, of David his father. <coughs> Only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. I don't intend to repeat the Bible reading. I believe that we paid attention. And if we did not, the Lord would make it up for us. But when you consider the text, I really gone past 10 and verse 13. I'm just going to try and um, bring out some points out of it. Which is uh, the next slide. The Bible says that Solomon loved the Lord. What a man loves can be determined by what he spends his resources on. You can tell what a man or woman, in this case, um, loves by how much time he gives to something or to somebody, how much of his money he uses or gives to the, to the cost of that thing or to the person. So an analysis of how someone spends money could let somebody dis, um, determine and say, this person, he loves electronics. This person, he loves fashion. This person, he loves traveling. For Solomon, the Bible says, that Solomon loved the Lord. And I pray God will give us grace that when our lives are analyzed, it will be said of us that indeed we love the Lord. And the Lord shall bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. The Bible says concerning Solomon that he offered a thousand burnt offerings. It's something that was never recorded that was done before. 
And he offered a thousand bond offering. Now, it's not as easy as just say, well, you know, you, you key in 1,000 and press enter and the thing just goes. It's if we don't physically. The first, whether it's a cow or it's a bull or it's a goat or whatever, they bring the first one and they slaughter it and go next one and then they bring the next one. It will have taken quite some time, quite some effort, quite a number of men. But Solomon ensured that to the Lord, nothing less than a thousand bond offering was given. Solomon did this and the Lord responded. Brethren, what we do will cause God to respond. He did this great thing and the Lord responded and the Lord appeared to him and asked him, what will I give to you? It is a great thing that Solomon achieved to get the king of the universe to say, what do you want me to do for you? Brother, if I come to you and say, what do you want me to do for, for you? You can estimate how much I can do. <laughs> you can have a rough estimate. If the prime minister comes and says, what can you, what can I do for you? You can also make an estimate. But when God, who owns everything and all, all and the men and everything upon the earth says, what will I do for you? It's a great thing. I pray that God will help us. To do what it takes for God to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And here we find Solomon. The Bible says, when you read that place, um, again, we don't have enough time to just read, I, I just paraphrase, you can, of course, check these things in the Bible. When the request came to Solomon, his first response to God is worth Paying attention to you. The first thing he said to God is that God, you have been such a great God. You have done great things, not even starting with me, but from my father. So much mercy, so much grace, so much honor. You helped him throughout his lifetime. And then after his life, you now look at me. Who was Solomon, like we're taught? Is a product of a murderer and adulteress, and God still decided that it's Solomon that will be king. The first response, even when he was told, Ask what you want, that was what was before him. But his first response is, God, you have been so good to me. What have I done to deserve this great honor? He first praised the Lord, reminded God what great things God has done for him. First with his father and then over his own life. How many kings are able to successfully pass on the reign to their children? Some are able to, but some are not able to. And Solomon identified that it's God who has put him there. He really talked about what God has done to give God glory and honor. And he went on to say, Thou hast made thy servant king, a little child, in the midst of thy great people. And he said, give understanding heart to judge thy people. Solomon also acknowledged who God is and acknowledged the people of God, that the people of God are great people. The fact that God is behind them makes them great. Their greatness is in the presence of God with them. And therefore, they should not be told with. And that's a lesson to all of us as well. By the grace of God, 
those of us who are pastors, we need to know that the church is the church of God. The people who come to worship are the people of God. They are not our people. They are not my congregation. They are not, not my church. Not when I started and whatever. The equipments need to be handled with honor because they are God's equipment. We need to really reverence God. And this is what Solomon said here. These sort of people are precious. They must be judged correctly. There cannot be a mistake in judging the people of God. And God, what I need is wisdom, understanding heart to be able to judge thy people. The Bible says, the way that Solomon asked pleased the Lord. Again, that's another great thing. Most times when you ask somebody, in fact, the way it is said, there are some people who appear. When they appear, you greet them, how are you? There are some people who appear, and you say, what do you want again? <laughs> but here, Solomon asked the Lord. Most time, asking is a burden. Most time, people will rather move away when they know somebody's going to ask them something. But here, Moses, sorry, Solomon asked the Lord, and the asking of the Lord made God happy. It's a grace that when you ask the Lord, makes God to be delighted. The Bible says that the speech pleased the Lord. The Lord was happy. That somebody came to ask and he asked correctly. And he said, You have not asked for thyself. Long life, like many other people will do, long life and prosperity, let me live to that and that. You have not asked for riches, which many people pursue beyond, sometimes beyond reason. You have not asked for the life of your enemies. And I believe some of us are familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had a challenge when I tell people, look, the focus of our prayer sometimes is not correct. When we pray and we ask, let's pray that, Lord, please, all the things inside of me that can jeopardize my making heaven, please remove anger, remove backbiting, remove murmuring, remove all the kind of stuff. People pray. I'm going to say there is one old man somewhere with a walking stick. Is the one who has been behind the whatever. And then people pray all manner of prayer. Thunderstorms, lightning, everything. You destroy them and burn them to ashes. Their ashes should be thrown to the sea. And it's a misplace of priority. If someone is able to please the Lord, who is the one that can bring the person down? There are several instances in the Bible. Even the disciples who went ahead of Jesus. And when they rejected them, they said, look, Lord, can we bring down fire and consume these people? And Jesus said, you don't know the type of spirit that you have. That's what Jesus said. And I still don't understand why people don't get that. But here, Solomon did not ask for those things. But what is important, I want us to understand, is this, Solomon did not ask for himself. Therefore, Solomon was asking for the Lord. What he was asking is not, how can I put it? He is not for the fulfillment of his own self, but something that fulfills God's desire. How the people of God will be led correctly. How they will be instructed correctly. How they will be judged correctly. That is what was uppermost in his mind. And that is why the Lord says, it is done for you. 
But beyond what you have asked for, I'm going to give you these other things. I'll give you riches, I'll give you honor. And the kind of honor, you see, God gave Solomon an honor, a part of an honor that is reserved for God. It is only God that before him there is none, beside him there is none, and after him there is none. And he gave a part of that to Solomon and said, Solomon, what I will do to you, where I will lift you up to, what I will give to you, there will be no one like that before you and there is no one like that after you. That is how much it pleased the Lord. And that's why I pray that God, by the impartation of his spirit upon our lives, will give us grace to be able to ask correctly in such a way that God will be pleased with us and he will do more than what we have asked in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For introduction, if you please, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, God commands us to ask. So you should ask, and what will happen? It shall be given unto us. You should ask, and we will receive. It's a command, so we need to ask. So that is clear. On in James chapter 4, from verse 2 to 3, we learn that we receive no results because of, number one, not asking. And sometimes when we do ask, it is done wrongly. That's what you'll find in James chapter 4 from verse 2 to 3. Therefore, there is a need for us to have this wisdom to be able to ask correctly. And I pray that today, God will give it to us in the name of Jesus. The wisdom to ask from God correctly, God will give to us in Jesus' name. Even the wisdom to ask from our fellow men, the wisdom to ask from your husband, the wisdom to ask from your wife. The wisdom to ask from your parents. The wisdom you need to ask from your employers that will bring the best results. God will give us that wisdom in abundance today in the name of Jesus Christ. We move on. And I have listed three categories of prayers. Again, I'm not saying these are the only, you know, you can divide things in different ways. But for today... I want to share three categories of prayers. Number one is, um, that's in the next slide, okay, is the prayer without basis. In Matthew chapter 20 from verse 20 to 22, in Matthew 20 from verse 20 to 22, the mother of Zebedee's children, which means the mother of, um, who are those now? James and John. She came with her two sons and she worshipped. And that was good. She understood that. And the Lord asked, what do you want? Which is a bit similar. And her her request is, grant that these my two sons, when you get to your kingdom, let one be on your right hand and one be on your left hand. And Jesus answered, say, you don't know what you are asking for. And he went on to explain why. That really, can they drink the cup that he's going to drink? Can they be baptized with the baptism that he 
has gone through. And he said, even if they do, it's God who determines who is there. You find that prayer, that request does not have a basis. Not quite that it is wrong, but it is just does not have the right basis. I believe that there are many who believe that Christ had come to establish a kingdom on earth when he came then. And uh, this request, as far as we can see right now, is that when Jesus is up in the high throne and everybody is seeing him, let these my two sons be part of that glamour and part of those who are raised above all of us. But one thing I want to commend their mother. It is a great thing for one woman to have two of her children chosen to be among the twelve that Jesus picked. It's a great thing. It will be interesting to learn how she actually brought up these her two children that when Jesus needed twelve people, he went to one woman and from that woman he was able to take two. Those, even if you take one, it's a great thing. But this woman achieved two, raised properly, qualified for Jesus to pick them and to become not just of the twelve. These two were part of the three. And you know, there is the twelve, or rather, there's the multitude, there is the seventy, there is the twelve, there is the three, and there is the one. But, and this woman succeeded in being one. So, we should not look down on her that she's not, she doesn't know what she's doing or whatever. She's done a great job as far as I'm concerned. It is a success of every woman to bring up her children that God approves of them to use them mightily. I use that opportunity to pray for every parent that God will give grace and wisdom to bring up our children in such a way that God will find them useful vessels in his hands. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't have enough time to... So let's go on. Number two. In the prayers that are granted. In Mark 10, 51 to 52. Mark 10, 51 to 52. Jesus answered, I believe we know it's the blind man, but by females. What I should do for you? Similar question. And he said clearly, Lord, I know what I want, that I might receive my sight. Again, he could have said, well, now there are many people here. You know I'm blind. Can you tell each one of them to give me $1,000 each? That could be a request. He could ask for anything. It was Jesus who was asking. He said that I might receive my sight. And that was a good decision. And Jesus said, done. The prayer was granted. Thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus in the way. He did not just take a miracle and run away from the presence of God. Or run away from serving God. He followed Jesus. And he kept his miracle. There are some. Because God blesses them a little bit. Brother, we didn't see you at the night vigil. Oh, you know, we had board meetings that lasted till so, so, and so. I would see you at the weekly activity. Well, you know. Okay. <laughs> what came to my mind is what uh, back at home, 
When you ask some people, why are you not in this ministry? They say, the nature of my job. I tell them, look, the nature of a job that does not allow you to serve God is an evil nature. And you need to do something about it. Anyway, but he kept his miracle. He followed the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to move on from there. Because, like you see later, you find that even when demons asked, even when demons prayed, Jesus answered their prayer. And sometimes it, it, it's, uh, it challenged my theology, my understanding. That, ah, how can God answer the prayer of demons? Well, but that happened. The third category is the prayer that brings answers. And not only answers, but they bring extras. They bring many other things, which is what we spend time to talk about. And just to bring out some of the things uh, in that passage of 1 Kings 3 from verse 3. The Bible records for us that Solomon loved the Lord. And we ought to love the Lord. Solomon kept his commandments. And we need to do the same thing. Jesus said, you love me if you keep my commandments. It's only those who keep his commandments who are his brothers and sisters and mothers and on and on. He honored the Lord with sacrifice. What sacrifice can we honor the Lord with? We need to give. We need to give our money. The interesting thing is that it's God who owns everything anyway. Some say struggle with 10%. And I don't understand. Let anyone who has been in any partnership tell you. They're going to partnership. And the other senior partner is the one that gives almost everything. He gives your, your other partner the oxygen, the breathes. The brain that is working. The good health to do the work. Brings customers. Make the, make the goods to move. Gives you the brain to do the work for whatever commendation you get from your office and whatever. And then he says, it's only 10% and you take 90%. Ah, you never find that. And some people still struggle with 10%. The truth is, the 10% is the Lord. It's the secret of the Lord. The 90% really is also God's. And we need to pray to God to give us wisdom how to use that 90%. Again, you can use it in such a way that God will be pleased with you. And I pray God will give us that wisdom as well in Jesus' name. He gave beyond history. No, never recorded that anybody did what he did. Then, like we said before, at the point of making a request. Sorry, okay, that was an abbreviation. I didn't... Uh, at the point of making a request, even though instead of just going blah, 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 God, this, 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 hey, and God, and this one, this one, oh, yes, uh, in addition to God, I'll be also glad if you do this one as well. The first thing he did was to first thank God, to enumerate what God has done. And I know that uh, that you also taught us that um, his mother has a way of getting things from his father then. By always telling him. And you see it also played out in the life of Esther. Esther. And the king said, what do you want? He said, okay, please uh, banquet again. Let's just come again and eat again. She knows what she wants is biting her. It is something that could destroy her and her people. But she knows the correct way to arrange things to ask. And so Solomon also will see here. Give thanks to the almighty God. His requests was also aligned to God's purpose. The Lord said, you did not ask unto yourself. He asked what was important to God, that God's people are judged correctly. He realized that there are people around who are watching the people of God and seeing how God is dealing with them, how God is helping them, and what will become of these people of God. 
that is special to other people. And they're probably waiting for their downfall. Which will have brought reproach to the name of God. But here we find that his request was aligned to what would please God, what God wants. And that, okay, we'll talk about that later. He humbled himself before God and says he is but um, a little child. And then we'll go, go on to the number eight is that, okay, he made this request which are better than riches, better than long life and the death to enemy. Again, Jesus Christ came, came to save. And a lot of people who pray prayer of, you know, um, death to enemies and one day I said, look, before you give your life to Christ, if some people have also sent brimstone to you, you have the life to give your life to Jesus and be here now. And Jesus told us to come and go and preach that they be saved. How many people have you saved compared to how many people you have sent missiles to? <laughs> you know, we need to ask ourselves some of these things so that we'll be able to know why we are asking what we are asking for. We need wisdom. And God will give us wisdom in Jesus' name. So we find in summary that Solomon worshipped and honored the Lord. He expended himself on God. He spent his time, spent his resources. And he did not chase God around with a prayer list. He said, God, you have tried out of eight, you have done six. Um, this or that too. I hope you will do it <laughs> within the next three months. <laughs> it's just absolute foolishness. Some say, God, if you don't do this thing, the next, whatever, this is what I'm going to do. There is nobody that can hold God to ransom with anything. Nobody. You carry out your threat, the end of it will be that you end up in hell. End of story. God is in heaven and will remain there. It is a blessing, a pleasure to serve God. To use whatever we have for God. And if the salvation that Christ gives to us is all he has given to us and says, okay, I will not bless you again with any other thing. I won't give you children. I won't give you money. I won't give you good health. I won't give you what you have. You will say, brethren, it is enough. Simple wisdom knows the answer. Every man on earth, for instance, every man on earth must suffer and must enjoy. Some you will enjoy, let's assume, you will enjoy for 80, 100, 120 years. And then you will suffer, say, for 1,000 years. That's class A. Class B, you will suffer 120 years. But you enjoy 1,000 years. Which one is logical to pick? But we're not talking about 1,000 hours. We're talking about eternity. So simple wisdom, really, if we are going to suffer on earth, whatever it is, so really, when we say we go through something and we don't know whether we serve the Lord, uh, well, it's a level of understanding. But there's nothing we can give in exchange for our soul. That's what Jesus taught us. God will give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what are the ingredients of answer prayers? Number one is that we should begin with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, and, or Psalm 100 verse 4. Psalm 100 verse 4. What you come inside the presence of God with is not how badly you've been beaten and how much of your prayer has not been answered. But the Bible says, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Brethren, the fact that you know you have a problem is actually a blessing. Some have problems, they don't even know they have problems. 
in a way, pain is a blessing. Because it's like an indicator of a car. A car that's functional, that's moving. If there's a red light showing, it's telling you something is wrong. You need to take an action. Fuel up. Change the oil. Um, check the light or whatever. Because if there was no indicator, you'll be driving. <laughs> Maybe you're alone somewhere in one thick place. Maybe with your family in some whatever. And the car will just suddenly stop if there are no indicators. So the fact that we feel pain, the fact that we feel hungry, is an indicator that you need to do something to preserve your life. So it's not all pain that is bad. Some puts us back to the right thing that we need to do. Okay, I put there that Matthew 8, 29 to 32, that's where you find, like I said, it was quite a positive to me that demons prayed to Jesus and Jesus answered them. It's a puzzle, but we need to just think about it. Um, but that's not our focus today. Number two, we need to tie our request to God's purpose. If you want an answer to your prayer, you want it quickly, you want it more than what you want, you've got to tie your request to the purpose of what is in the heart of God to do or to have done. you find that example in First Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. Or the whole of First Samuel chapter 1. Anna needed a child very badly. He had somebody who was always harassing her and telling her, look, you're just here eating. We don't know whether you're even a man or a woman. Look here, whatever. Send your children now to go and bring something. Someone just persecuting her so badly. And so she really needed a child very, very badly. But if you see what her prayer was, if you study First Samuel chapter 1, you will find before now, when God is going to send a Nazarene, God is the one who will say, you're going to have a child, don't allow razor, don't allow that and that. But for Anna, Anna was the one who brought out the idea. And says, God, if you give me this one, I will make sure that it is the kind of special one that you always like. No razor, no strong drink, no unclean thing. And, if you look at it properly, you will realize that at this time, Eli was the prophet. And Eli, for some reason, his children did not turn out good. And so there was a need for a righteous judge in the land of Israel to take over when Eli goes. That was a need in the kingdom of God. And so Anna said, Lord, if you give me a man child, I'm going to give him and to serve you, and that child will feel, you know, you need a prophet after Eli. I will give him to you to use for what you want. And God said, ah, Really? This is an interesting request. It's done. But you don't only have one, you will have more than that one. If we learn to tie our request, so you need to ask yourself, Why are you asking what you are asking for? What do you want to do with it? Is it going to be for yourself? That's one category. But remember God said, Solomon, what you asked was not for yourself, but is for the Lord. And God answered and did more. 
when God's need was met, God also ensured this boy, this good boy, I'm going to also show him that I will meet his need. I pray once again that God will give us wisdom. To know what to ask and how to ask it. That our asking will please God. Will meet God's purpose. And in return, this God who is a righteous judge will also bless us abundantly. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. And then in John 16 verse 24, we need to pray until our joy is full. The Lord says, hitherto you've not asked anything. Keep asking. Ask it here. Let me demonstrate my power that I'm able to do this thing and do it, do it completely. And I pray that the Almighty God will do it for us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But the Spirit of God, His own counsel will be in our lives. Amen. That we will know the right things to ask. Our asking will not be the one that God will say, well, you don't know what you're asking. God will give us grace that God, you know, we we will be able to do what it takes for God to ask you, what do you want? And when that opportunity comes, that we'll be able to ask around. God will give us wisdom also that even if God is not initiating it like Anna, we can also initiate it. Say, Lord, this is what I want to do for you, oh God. He, and I didn't actually ask for more children than one. Just asked for one. And she would just be happy that she's not counted among the barren. Let me just, this penina that is always harassing me, just deliver me from that reproach. But God did more than that. Because if you only had Samuel and he went at least... You can't say she didn't have a child. In fact, so you find her child was far better than the other children. Brethren, I also pray God will give us grace to serve God and to do God's will in such a way that people who might seemingly be seemingly have gone ahead of us, God will give us such a miracle that will surpass those such people. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those who ask baseless requests, can somebody be asking for God to prosper him or her, expand his business, and he's struggling with paying tithe, paying first fruit, giving offering? That kind of prayer doesn't work. Somebody cannot be praying, Lord, give me good health, and he's not willing to have a change of lifestyle. To make sure you work and have enough rest. To make sure that you stay away from junk food and take the right one. Your prayer must be aligned appropriately. And God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. God will intervene in our situations in Jesus' name. The things that we have been asking the Almighty God. God will give us wisdom on how to channel it correctly. That God's name shall be glorified. And we also shall have testimonies in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. At this time, we're going to pray. May I please ask that we rise up on our feet. And we're going to pray.